Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Hey, Sebastian, it's Friday again. It's, what's going on in the world? It's Friday again. Um, I will tell you that we were. I'm gonna. I'm gonna break the. Uh, I'm gonna break this with the third wall, fourth wall, whatever it's called. Uh, and I'm gonna tell you that we just finished recording an interview that you're gonna hear in a couple minutes. Um, it, it was. It was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was. I, I think I'm gonna have to go back and re-listen to it because I was thinking so much about translating that, like, I didn't really like. I took in the message, but like, didn't really get to fully process the message. The message because you're translating. I'm translating back and forth, but, uh, but we. Uh, all right, we'll talk about the interview in a second. Uh, but I just wanted to mention that just right off the right off the bat because it's still fresh in my mind, and I was it was a really cool moment. Uh, but all right, Dwayne. Uh, huge, huge day today in Delaware Union world, uh, because yeah, rec registration and discovery registration is open for the fall. Um, so make sure you head out to DelawareUnion.com, pick the program. Obviously it's age appropriate, um, discovery being for our U3 and U6 players. And then, um, rec being for our U8 to, you know, U16, U19 players. Um, just depending on how many players we get to sign up in those age groups. So, you know, make sure you take the time. You tell a friend to tell a friend to uh, register for that. We're looking forward to the fall season. There you go. <laughs> Lerone, I couldn't find it when you said it. Here, let's go back. Let's just imagine. Let's just imagine we were editing this. Uh, go back and just say uh, that the record registration is open. Record registration is open. There you go. That's better. <laughs> Get your flowers uh, out here, man. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's really really cool. Uh, we have some camps starting on Tuesday. Uh, we got our discovery camp and our rec camp on Tuesday, so that's really cool and exciting. We have our last two diamonds games uh, coming up next week. Uh, so that'll be next Friday, July eighth. We're at Keystone, and then July tenth is our last home game. Take that trip up to the good old stone, man. That's right. That's right. Pack your bags. Pack your bags. Um, Pack up your gas tank. Yeah. So DelawareUnion.com, make sure you go and register for the recreational season, the discovery program. Really, really fantastic programs. Um, <clears throat> get get in early. Lock your spot in before registration closes. When is registration, clo- registration closed doing? Uh, we're looking at August 15th um, for rec and discovery. Um, it just, you know, kind of coincides with that uniform. If you have to order uniforms, everything kind of ends at the same time. Gives us time on the back end to put a schedule together, coaches, build teams, all that good stuff. There you um, go. Yep. But yeah, it's before school starts. So if you're on vacation right now, listening to the podcast, or you know someone that's on vacation, give them a ring and let them know. Rec registration is open. All right. Perfect. All right. Duane, um, considering today is the first day that we've started our second year of our podcast, right? Uh, we felt like we need to do something big, right? We, we needed to go bigger than we've gone before. So if we got to go bigger, that means we got to travel further. So we've, we've gone, we've gone West coast or, or, or what mountain time, mountain time. Yeah. Colorado. Uh, so we felt like we needed to go the other way. So if you want to go further east from where we are um, and we, we felt like we wanted to end up somewhere where 
it was about six hours away. So if six hours puts us where, Dwayne? Do you have an idea? Um, puts us in Europe. Puts Western us in Europe. Europe. Puts us in Europe. That's right. So uh, today with us, we have Andres Coronado. He is the goalkeeper coach at Madrid Football, at Madrid Club de Football Femenino. Uh, he is from Argentina. He's working in Spain, and he's a goalkeeper coach for the for the women's team at Madrid Club de Football. Uh, and the, oh, so to give everybody a, an idea of what's going on, I'm translating everything in Spanish. So we'll have both in in English and in Spanish the whole entire thing. So we'll see how fast my brain works today. <laughs> Shout out to uh, our Spanish immersion listeners. <laughs> yeah, um, Andrés, lo que le estaba diciendo a, a Duenes. Hoy es el primer capítulo, eh, empezando el segundo año del podcast que hacemos. Eh, lo grabamos una vez por semana y queríamos ir a un lugar más lejos de lo que, lo que íbamos siempre. Eh, por ahora las entrevistas más lejos que tuvimos fueron en Colorado, adentro de Estados Unidos, con una diferencia de dos horas nada más. O sea que la idea es ir, ir a Madrid. Eh, bueno, eh, let's start at the beginning. Where did you grow up and when did you start coaching? Eh, de, dónde, de, dónde, ¿De dónde sos eh, y cómo empezaste a ser entrenador de, de arqueros o entrenador de fútbol? Bueno, eh, antes que nada, muchísimas gracias a todos ustedes. Ha sido un enorme, y es para mí un enorme placer poder compartir este, este mensaje, que para mí es un pequeño granito de arena dentro de un mundo lleno de conocimientos y lleno de experiencias que hoy por hoy no toca vivir en el, en el día a día. Yo soy de Córdoba capital, soy argentino, como bien eh, lo mencionaste, Seba, eh, un, un argentino soñador un, que vino y decidió cruzar el continente para ir en búsqueda de, de un sueño sumamente ambicioso, bonito y con eh, muchas ganas de, de vivir y de cumplirlo. So he is, first of all, uh, super happy to be here. Uh, he hopes that he can provide a little bit of a, a little grain of sand in what is a, a world of knowledge in general that's out there. Uh, so he's from Cordoba, from the capital in, in Argentina, and he's a he's a dreamer and he he's embarked on this uh, on this journey to move across the to a different continent to begin his life as a coach. Yeah. Bueno, ¿cómo, ¿cómo empezaste? How did you start? Comencé con tan solo 18 años. Eh, hoy tengo 33, ya hace 15 años. Estoy indagando, estoy estudiando. A ver, yo he jugado 11 años, luego me he dedicado a estudiar, a prepararme, que eso es importantísimo. Por eso hablé un comienzo de este mundo tan grande, lleno de conocimientos. Soy profesor de educación física, licenciado en educación física, entrenador de arqueros con Mebol, entrenador de arqueros UEFA, entrenador UEFA, tengo cursos de entrenamiento, tengo en total siete títulos, ¿sí? siete títulos que, que me avalan. ¿Para qué? Para prepararme para todo lo que viene. Yo, más la, la, la experiencia, más el saber, eh, fueron puntos de partida importantísimos que me llevaron a estar hoy trabajando hoy donde estoy, que es el fútbol profesional. So he, he started when he was 18 uh, and he's now 33 um, and he played for 11 years as well. And a lot of it has been about education and educating himself. So he has a Comebol license. He's got UEFA coaching licenses, both as a goalkeeper and as a coach. Um, and he's also a, 
um, he's licensed as a as a physical education teacher as well. So this is where it's gotten where it's gotten him here here today. That was hey, a, that was a uh, good that was that was a good conversation because I could pick up pieces of that one. There you go. See, that's good. Um, y en y en en Argentina dónde dónde empezaste a ser entrenador? Where did you start Yo, in Argentina? Bien, eh, tengo mi propio centro de entrenamiento que es eh, AF Arqueros Porteros. Es una academia que venimos formando ya 15 años igual. Comencé allí mis primeras armas. Mientras atajaba, mientras era portero, mientras era arquero, también iba desarrollándome dentro de, esto, de este rubro, no solamente como jugador, sino como entrenador de porteros, hasta que llegó una edad de los 21 años que por una decisión personal mía decidí enfocarme netamente en el entrenamiento de los porteros. Como te dije, empecé con mi academia, después trabajé de prisión como Instituto de Córdoba, Taller de Córdoba, eh, en Instituto en Primera División, en primer equipo, y en Taller de Córdoba, coordinando todo lo que es el área formativa de los porteros. Esto súper joven, tan solo en Primera División debuté con 23 años como entrenador de porteros y de coordinador de, de Talleres de Córdoba, que es un club sumamente grande, que Javier Pastores salió de, de allí, entre otros grandes jugadores, eh, a los 25 años. O sea, fue una carrera muy veloz, muy corta, que está siendo, porque soy, yo me considero que soy joven, pero con, con mucha pasión, que eso es algo que me, me, caracteriza, me caracteriza bastante. So he started when he was 18 years old, and he created his own company, which is called uh, EAF. And he and he started training goalkeepers when he was 18 while he was still playing. And at 21 years old, he actually decided to not play anymore and focus on coaching goalkeepers. And when he was 23, he was the first team goalkeeper coach for one of the bigger clubs in the area where he grew up. And then after that, uh, he was he moved to a different club and he was in charge of coordinating all of the development for the youth goalkeepers in the entire club. So passion is something that he brings a lot to to his. He, he considers one of his his biggest qualities as a person and as a coach. Oh, and by the way, he Javier Pastore. Pastor, do you remember Pastore, Dwayne? Yeah, I know Javier Pastore. Yeah, so that's that's one of that's the, the club that he came out of. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, um, cuando decidiste mudarte a España considerando que tenías una carrera armada en, en, en Argentina. Uh, when did you decide to move to Spain considering you already had a career built in Argentina? Esa es la parte yo creo que más emocionante de, que me ha tocado vivir hoy, que puedo contarlo. Porque... This is, by the way, he already told me, he, this is the, 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 the most emotional part and the best part of the story that he's about to tell. Principalmente porque, como bien dice Seba, yo en Argentina tenía reconocimiento en toda la región, en mi área, capacitando a nivel nacional a entrenadores de porteros. Tenía, tenía en, mi, en mi centro de entrenamiento más de 120 arqueros que venían a entrenar. Estaba en, llamándome de, de otros lugares para ir a, a capacitar de forma internacional a otros entrenadores de porteros. O sea, estaba en el mejor, mejor momento a nivel profesional. Okay. Yeah. Vamos, vamos ahí. Uh, so he, so basically, when 
uh, he had 120 goalkeepers in his own academy. He was renowned in the area for being a goalkeeper train, like a goalkeeper's coach coach. So he was training goalkeeper coaches and he was being asked across the country to come in and train other goalkeeper coaches. And this is where he, this is when he decides to, to move. Let it see. Entonces, claro, uno piensa dentro de la comodidad en la cual uno está, porque está creciendo muchísimo en el ámbito continental. Yo soy de la idea que es, me fui y decidí irme en el mejor momento. ¿Por qué? Porque estaba lo suficientemente preparado para pegar un salto y continuar mi vida desde cero. So, it, I love this, by the way. Uh, so, he, at the height of his career, that's when he decided that he felt like he was ready to move and start from scratch in a completely different place and try to get to a higher level, but starting over. And, and by the way, I'll tell a quick little thing. Um, one of my favorite books is called Legacy by James Kerr, and it's about the New Zealand All Blacks. And one of the things that they, they talk about in their values is there is when you're at the top of your game, change it. Because if not, you're never going to get that highest point again. So you got to change it again. Um, lo que estaba diciendo es, hay un libro que se llama Legacy, que es sobre los, los All Blacks de Nueva Zelanda, y que dice, dice exactamente esa parte. Cuando estás en el, en el mejor momento de, de, tu, de tu carrera, es cuando hay que cambiar todo. Porque nunca llegas a ese punto de vuelta. Siempre hay que empezar de vuelta. Y es más, sí. Eh... No solamente eso, que es muy cierto, lo voy a leer ese libro. Lo más interesante es ir preparado. No alcanza únicamente con uno estar bien, estar sí, en condiciones, sino generar, desarrollar un montón de herramientas para cuando uno se encuentre en este continente, en este país, solo, pero con uno mismo, pueda sacar ese plus extra que uno no sabe que lo tiene hasta que se encuentra en esa experiencia. Por eso, algo importante tener en cuenta que para mí la experiencia no es lo que te sucede, sino es qué haces con lo que te sucede. ¿Sí? So, so, so he said that it's not just about feeling prepared, it's also about being prepared and making sure that you're ready. So that way, when that time comes, because you're moving by yourself completely alone. So when that time comes in, when the moments get really tough, that's when you find something that you didn't have, you didn't know you had inside of you. And that's what comes out. And it's, um, and experiences are not about what you've already lived. It's what you, they prepare you for what's to come. Cuando digo de, de estar preparado, no solamente es eh, conocimiento, capacita, capacidad, sino estar preparado para los grandes golpes que te puede llegar a dar de aprendizaje la vida. Porque imagínense y pónganse, intenten ponerse en este contexto. Yo de ganar en Argentina promedio 3.000, 4.000 euros por mes, pasé a ganar en España 250 euros por mes. Con la diferencia es que aquí en España iba camino a mi sueño. So it's not just about being prepared. It's also about not being like from a, from a studying perspective about being prepared. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's also about making sure that, that you're, you can, you can live your dreams. And as you mentioned, so he, he was making in Argentina about two to 3000 euros a, a month 
and he went to make about 200 euros a month. Uh, so it's, it's what can you, what can you, what do you know you're going to be able to then to get to the point where you're going to get to and be able to live through those hard times through it. You have prepared that. That's the preparation he's talking about. Redoblo la apuesta. No solamente eso, sino que yo había llevado mis ahorros, había llevado mi, mi, mi idea, absolutamente todo. Me encontré solo de los contactos que tenían, que eran siete. Ninguno me contestó. Arranqué solito yendo a, llámese, el punto más importante en AFA en, en Argentina, tocando la puerta diciendo, discúlpeme, soy argentino, no sé cómo empezar, por dónde empiezo. Me fui a la Federación Española a hacerlo. Entonces, imagínate la situación de estar con los españoles mirándome y diciendo, ¿qué hace este argentino pidiendo pedir trabajo aquí? Pues ahí, ahí fue un, un gran punto de impacto, porque a partir de ahí se desencadena toda la hermosa realidad que, que se fue dando. So when he left, he had seven contacts in Spain. Nobody answered his phone call. So what he decided to do was to go to the Spanish Football Federation and knock on the door and, and basically go, uh, here's what I want to do. Um, how do I get there? How do I start? Where, where? And then they looked at him like, wait, what's this Argentinian doing here looking for work with basically no contacts here? So just, you know, that's where, that's where his, his, uh, his career in Spain starts. Es más, refuerzo más todavía, más difícil. Vine con ahorros, pasaron cinco meses, el club donde estaba dejó de pagar y tuve que pedir dinero a, a gente del club para poder comer. Y tuve que, en cierto modo, cuando hacíamos viajes y viajamos en bus y había restos de fruta o pizza, la guardaba, la metía en el freezer para poder avanzar un par de semanas más. So when he, when he went, he had his savings, um, but five months later, the club that he was working for stopped paying the staff. So he had to go and ask he had to give, get people to help him from within the club. And then he was also, whenever they would go on trips and they had the, the food from the trips, he would keep the extra fruit that was around, the extra pizza slices, and he put them in the freezer and then ration them out so he'd have, be, he'd have enough to eat. Um, and this is something that I think, taking a little bit of a, a kind of my own opinion on this, this is something that sometimes people don't think about. And I think in this country, we, we don't at times experience this enough. Um, not, not enough, but we don't experience it sometimes. Um, we understand that coaching is a, is a hard profession, but at the same time, we also don't really fully understand that coaching does not pay what it's, what it takes to be able to live, not only here, but in most parts of the, of the world. Uh, so it's something to consider as, as we, we hear on this story. Um, lo que estaba diciendo es que, eh, a veces, especialmente en Estados Unidos, no se, no se valora eh, la profesión de, de técnico y, y no, hay, la gente, hay gente que no se da cuenta que lo, que, lo poco a veces que se gana eh, para vivir no, no alcanza a veces. Va, la mayor parte de las veces no alcanza, a menos que estés al nivel más alto, eh, no alcanza y siempre hay que hacer otros trabajos, hay que hacer otras cosas y hay gente especialmente al, al nivel donde estamos nosotros que es la parte juvenil eh, los padres a veces no se dan cuenta de esa parte 
eh, pero bueno. Es cierto. Sí. Imagínate uno cuando se muda y se va a un país, está bien, nosotros hablamos el mismo idioma, castellano, pero claro, la moneda no es la misma, la cultura no es la misma, los gastos no son los mismos, entonces yo con el dinero que me fui a, a Europa, sin saber cómo administrarlo, per, perdí mucho dinero donde no tendría que haberlo hecho, pero claro, estaba en un proceso de aprendizaje, por eso ese proceso fue el que me permitió a mí poder gestionar y administrar todo lo necesario para llegar sano, bien, con fuerza, mes a mes, para, para lo que se dio más adelante, que ahora les paso a contar, que fue extraordinario, porque llegó a cumplir mi sueño. So, um, the one thing that, that, that obviously, you know, Spain and Argentina have in common is a language, but it's a different culture, it's a different currency, it's a different um, budgeting, because things are, don't cost the same. Uh, and it's something he had to learn, because at first he, he ended up, spending a lot of money in places where he didn't need to spend it but those experiences allowed him to now be able to um manage and administer his money the way he needs to and then now we we get to we get to the part where he starts coaching in spain no yo no hubiese no hubiese yo considero que no hubiese llegado a vivir tanto ese momento presente ese ese llamado tan importante, tan fuerte, que me movilizó tanto, si yo no hubiese vivido las experiencias que viví, porque fue lo que me permitió valorar, disfrutar y sentir de corazón realmente lo que estaba viviendo en el momento en que el Atlético de Madrid llamó a mi teléfono. So, um, he didn't, he didn't think he would, uh, he, he'd have this feeling of not being able to, all those experiences allowed him to value Uh, and everything he had lived through allowed him to value and appreciate every single moment when Atletico Madrid called him. Se dio, venía con la experiencia de trabajar dos años en el fútbol profesional masculino, un año eh, en, en otro club femenino, primera división. Entonces, la experiencia me ayudó y los contactos que fui generando en ese momento. Por eso digo que hay que estar preparado para ser buen profesional y buena gente, sobre todo buena gente, porque al final el llamado llega de uno del cuerpo técnico en el cual estuve trabajando en ese club donde me costó un poco el tema económico, el tema de la integración al comienzo de estos primeros dos años de mi carrera en España. So, when he, when he got the call and he had already been working a couple of years, he's been working two years with, with two men's teams and a women's team. Um, and, and it's not just about being a good coach. It's also about being a good person. And a, being a good person is almost more important because in the club where he financially struggled, where they had stopped paying him, it was one of the coaches in that staff that then moved to Atletico Madrid. He's the one that, that connected him in there. Y así fue. Eh, todavía recuerdo que yo desde mi, desde mi pequeña locura y deseo en Argentina soñaba con estar en un estadio perteneciendo a, a uno de los equipos protagonistas que van a estar justa, jugando y disputando un partido de Champions. Eh, recuerdo en aquellos, aquellos años cuando lo soñaba, me encontré 
21 de, de agosto del 2020, eh, cumpliéndolo eh, en Estadio San Mamés, a las 5 de la tarde, lo recuerdo hasta ahora, se me eriza la piel cuando lo cuento, porque la verdad que es súper emocionante y, y fue hermoso, disputar y, y, y cumplir con eso que tanto deseaba, de estar un partido de Champions, Atlético Madrid-Barcelona, cuarto de final de la UEFA Champions League. So he had dreamed about the moment of being able to, to step into a stadium and, and, and work for a club that was playing in the Champions League. And there he was in the, in the stadium in August of 2020, um, walking into a quarterfinal Champions League match between Atletico Madrid and Barcelona. Por eso, eh, cuando lo, lo viví, cuando lo sentí, cuando estaba en ese momento... Eh, no había forma de contener la, 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 las lágrimas, la risa, eh, era una, una emoción muy fuerte la que sentía, no, no había forma de retenerla, era una cosa que salía a medida que iba escuchando el himno, eh, a medida que ibas viendo a la, la, las jugadoras entrar, eh, fue muy fuerte, pero a su vez fue un, un momento mágico, el momento mágico, eh, porque lo disfruté todo, no es que disfruté solamente el himno, disfruté todo el camino que me llevó a estar en ese himno. So in that moment, he realized in the mixture of tears and laughter, uh, because he realized he had achieved what he was, what he was set out, what he had set out to do. Um, he, he looked at every moment of it, not just the, the Champions League anthem as he walked out, but every moment of that game and every moment that led him in his career and his life to that, to that specific moment of being in that game. Entonces, la experiencia de poder estar entrenando eh, a nivel, eh, en este caso, Atlético Madrid, primera división femenina, con, con todo el aprendizaje que, que fue nuevo, teniendo la inmensidad de un club tan grande, tan potente, me llevaron a, a muchas preguntas en ese momento. Uno cuando recibe un llamado automáticamente se pregunta si uno está listo, está preparado para, para defender semejante escudo, semejante historia. Eh, fue una pregunta que siempre iba en cada momento, en cada entrenamiento, en cada situación, porque era la que me permitía siempre poder dar lo mejor de mí en cada sesión y encontrar siempre cómo aportar cada momento a las porteras, al equipo, al grupo, al cuerpo técnico para ir a más y no quedarme solamente en que yo lo sé todo y que estoy ahí porque sí. So the 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 part that was that was next was um, getting that phone call and understanding that there's a question constant questioning of yourself and your abilities of am I good enough? Can I do it? And realizing that Um, you're defending the, the 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 crest of such a big club and, and one of the I mean it's one of the most renowned clubs in the world, um, but understanding that those questions allowed him for for him to be locked into every session and give this best to not only his goalkeepers but the rest of the staff, the rest of the team, and the club. So that way, after every session, he felt like I wasn't here just because I know everything and I'm good enough. I was here because. I'm going to give my best every single session and I'm going to continue to do that and I'm also going to continue to learn and grow while I do this. Importantísimo. Nunca dejé de aprender. En todo momento. Y si me equivoqué, 
porque me he equivocado, no solamente en el Atlético de Madrid, me he equivocado hasta en mis proyectos y en todo comienzo, ningún problema, se pide disculpas, se aprende de la experiencia, porque uno aprende en base a lo que vive, y a partir de ahí damos lo mejor para sacar la mejor versión de nuestro entrenado, ¿no? la persona que tenemos al frente. Yeah, so it's not just about the successes. It's also about understanding your mistakes because then not only did he make mistakes within Atletico Madrid, but he made mistakes throughout his entire career. But it's recognizing it, apologizing and learning from those mistakes and realizing that those are new experiences that now you can grow from and then you can continue to, to move forward. Tuve la hermosa experiencia de entrenar a una portera francesa y sueca. Yo, siendo argentino, no manejando el idioma inglés, intentar comunicarme con ella. Imagínense ese momento, por Dios. So, so his goalkeepers were from France and uh, from Sweden. Uh, so, uh, no, Sweden, no, Switzerland, Switzerland, Switzerland. Uh, so, Him not understanding, so the 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 re, the the communication definitely was was definitely difficult. So you just imagine what what that's like. He's speaking in Spanish, and they're speaking in French and in German, Swiss, in Alemán. Swiss, no, Swiss, Swiss, Swiss. Es es sueco, perdón, sueco, sueco, sueco. So yeah, so uh, so it should, it should be Sweden then. Yeah. Uh, uh, bueno, sí. Me manejaba, que bueno, no lo podrán ver, pero con un traductor. Oh, he had a portable. Tenía en el brazo. ¿sí? So brazo, he's right now, by the way, just so everybody knows, he's showing us his, uh, his portable translator that he has. <laughs> el móvil, el celular, en el bolsillo. Acá presionaba un botón, hablaba en español y lo traducía en inglés, porque las dos sabían inglés. So he would press a button. And it would go from Spanish to English. Ahora, importante para mí, porque empecé a estudiar inglés y me, me entendían al final, más o menos seis meses después, me entendían perfectamente y no necesité más eh, el traductor. So six months later, he actually took some English. He took English classes and he was, he prepared himself and they understood him. Bueno, esa es la pregunta. Entonces, ¿puedes hacer la, 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 la entrevista en inglés? Eh, no, tengo, no, tengo, no tengo el vocabulario ah, largo. Te entiendo, entiendo la gran mayoría. Okay, Está bien que me refuerce la pregunta. No, he's, he, understands, he understands everything that I'm saying. Uh, I reinforce it in Spanish, but the, the vocabulary to speaking long sentences uh, outside of the goalkeeper part of our soccer, it's, it's, it's a little bit more difficult. That's why we're doing okay. it this way. His English is my Spanish. His English is your Spanish, Dwayne. That's right. There you go. There you go. Short sentences, yeah. nice, quick, get to the point. <laughs> eh, bueno, eh, seguimos. Seguimos. Después de esta experiencia de comunicar, llegó algo increíble. Eh, es más, se, lo, se los voy a mostrar. Oh, he's bringing something out, man. He's bringing a medal. Llegó. Super Copa mi primera, de España. Mi primera, se dice Palmar, super campeón de España. 
una cosa maravillosa, increíble, eh, con la particularidad de que la portera que juega, eh, justamente definimos semifinales con Barcelona, después ganamos la final con, con Levante, y, y fue mi, mi momento más maravilloso de, de la, del Atlético de Madrid, haber logrado históricamente la primera Supercopa de España. So he was, so not only um, did they have to play against Barcelona then they, in the semifinals and then they had to do the, the finals against Levante and then they, they were able to win the, the Supercopa de España with, uh, with Atletico Madrid. The first y one. La primera, la primera en, en el ámbito del, del fútbol femenino que habían salido campeones de la Copa de la Reina, tres campeonatos de la Copa de la Liga, eran... Es, eh, en el equipo que venía top con el Barcelona siempre arriba disputando ahora el Barcelona está mucho mejor y bueno, he tenido esta, este hermosísimo eh, privilegio de haber podido colaborar para que, que todos salgamos campeones So he's, he's had the honor and the pleasure of, of being able to be a part of that it was the first uh, Supercopa that they've done for, for women at that time um, and this is when Barcelona was in the Starting up, obviously, Barcelona now is one of the best teams in the world when it comes to women's soccer. Um, but he's, 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 he's honored to have been, have been a part of that. Ahora eh, suena todo bonito, todo color de rosas, está todo súper bien. Lo que viene ahora es que me quedé sin trabajo durante todo un año. So now everything's like great. We're, we're at the top of the world. And then uh, he lost his job for a year. Entonces, ese fue un gran un, un golpe importante. Yo había apostado a poder continuar con un cuerpo técnico. Anteriormente, perdón, anteriormente viene un entrenador a, al Atlético Madrid nuevo un entrenador que yo había trabajado con él eh, en uno de los clubes que había estado antes de estar con el Atlético de Madrid. Le llamé por teléfono para saber si iba a contar conmigo. Tenía una relación muy buena con él y me dijo, Andrés, disculpa, pero yo vengo con mi cuerpo técnico, vengo con mi entrenador de porteros, así que estás fuera. So the new coach that came in, he knew because he had worked, before, worked with before and he had, he had a really good relationship with So he called them and said, you know, um, you know, the coach called them and said, unfortunately, I'm coming in with my with my own full staff and my own goalkeeper coach. So unfortunately, you're 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 out for next year. Entonces, eh, bueno, aposté a lo que tanto deseaba en su momento de era pertenecer a un cuerpo técnico, porque la experiencia que fui viviendo me, me mostró y me marcó que si uno quiere mantenerse dentro de la, de la elite del fútbol, el grupo de trabajo es lo que te permite estar sólido y a crecer junto a alguien. Porque solo vas a llegar a un lugar, pero cuando vas acompañado llegas mucho más lejos. Entonces yo soñaba con eso, soñaba con un cuerpo técnico y aposté a ello. So what he was counting or what he, what he, what he ended up... Um hoping for or or somewhat betting on as being a part of a staff not just being him by himself 
going into different clubs because as a part of a staff, you're able to grow together and you can learn from others. So he he bet on the idea of being with a staff. Um, Entonces, comencé con un entrenador. Recibimos llamados de Barcelona. Se caía. Se cayó. Real Madrid. Se cayó. Levante. Se cayó. Atleti Bilbao. Se cayó. Sevilla. Se cayó. Betis. Se cayó. Otra vez Levante, se cayó. Siete llamados distintos en distintos momentos del año, donde imagínense la situación uno como profesional de venir de lo mejor de salir campeón a ilusión, desilusión, ilusión, desilusión, ilusión, desilusión. So he went through and he just named all the clubs. So those are the seven clubs that him and his, uh, he, had, he had gone together with a coach to be a part of his staff. And uh, all seven of those clubs, they were about to about to sign them as a staff, and then it fell through. So it went through seven different clubs. So you can just imagine coming in from being at the top of your game with Atletico Madrid to now for the next year not not getting a job. So it's a lot of mixed emotions that happen there. Cuando digo de estar preparados, y ese fue uno de los grandes saltos que me permitió estar en el fútbol profesional, es lo digo, es, digo estar preparado en serio, no solamente sabiduría, sino también a nivel emocional. ¿Por qué? Porque eso me permitió tener la capacidad de ver el panorama de lo que viene enfrente, más allá de que yo sienta mucha tristeza internamente. So when he talks about um, being prepared, he doesn't just talk about being having the knowledge of what you're technically coaching but being prepared emotionally so that way you can see what's coming through even though internally you feel a lot of sadness but you know that something's going to come through so you're prepared for that mentally and emotionally entonces automáticamente mi pensamiento fue perfecto tengo este momento lo voy a aprovechar para capacitarme entonces lo que pensé hacer es continué estudiando inglés e empecé a estudiar italiano. Realicé capacitaciones, muchas. Me saqué UEFA B de entrenador, de, eh, B de entrenador, UEFA C de entrenador de porteros. Avancé en YouTube, en Instagram. Me capacité eh, yo mismo en bioneuromoción y empecé a elaborar mi, pro, mi propio curso online. So during this time, he, he took the time to educate himself and get himself prepared. So he started English, started learning Italian, got his UEFA B license, got his UEFA C goalkeeper's license, um, got more involved in social media in his company. So through Instagram and YouTube, and then started uh, learning um, and started creating his own coaching course as well. Entonces fue un, no fue un descanso, un año sabático de descanso. Fue un momento de prepararme para lo que viene. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a year of rest. It was a year to be prepared for, for what's to come. Porque así como en su momento que yo me preparé y estaba en mi mejor momento en Argentina, que me permitió venir aquí y continuar desde cero, So it wasn't just his, his, him, he prepared himself um, 
for what was to come. So that way, when it was just like when he was in Argentina and he came in and started with from nothing, he was he was ready to go. Todo lo que viví en ese momento del Atlético Madrid hasta todo el año que me preparé sonó el teléfono en el momento más perfecto posible en el cual tras un año de formarme, capacitarme, eh, enfocarme en, 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 en invertir en mí, en mi desarrollo, sonó el llamado para que el 19 de julio esté empezando nuevamente a trabajar en el fútbol profesional femenino Madrid Club de Fútbol. So after a year, he uh, he finally got the phone call in, in probably the best time when he had invested in himself for a year. And in July 19th, he started working uh, with with uh, with Madrid. Entonces, eh, como verán, la vida no, no es nada sencilla. Es una montaña rusa de emociones. Eh, pero creo que el mayor desarrollo que uno puede llegar a, a hacer en el, en, a lo largo de, del momento que le toca trans, transcurrir es aprender a detenerse en ese momento, aprender a, a callar el ego, a no, no pensar mucho en el futuro, si te puedes proyectar para ver a dónde vas, si puedes, dar, dar, si puedes eh, tomar la responsabilidad de lo que haces en este momento, pero nada más. So it's important to, to, to keep yourself grounded. Obviously, think about the future, but set goals for yourself, but don't forget about the now. Don't forget about the what's important in this moment and about being able to um, value what you're going through in every moment there, at that point. Eh, les repito, eh, Seba y Dragon, Dra eh, perdón, sorry, nombren. That Wayne? Duane. 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 Okay. Mm -hmm. Duane, Seba. Eh, es fácil decirlo ahora que ya sé el final. Lo que, el final no, lo que viene. Pero en el momento, entiendan lo que me estén escuchando, que es salir campeón. Todo lo que significa a nivel historia a nivel económico, a nivel todo, a, a los tres meses siguientes mantenerte con tus ahorros e invertir en capacitar, en estudiar y todo, porque sabes que no tenés trabajo, porque ya está todo cerrado, porque los clubes cierran cuerpos técnicos y lo único que te queda y lo más valioso que te queda es estar con uno mismo. So imagine that moment... Um you're you know you're at the top of your game you, you what it means financially what it means from a from a from an accolades perspective and then you find out that you you have no job coming up and that all your savings and everything is you're going to invest in yourself to not only live but also to grow as a as a in your profession knowing that you don't have a job in three months that because all the clubs have finished all their signings at the point at that point with their with their staff they locked everything in so you don't have anything coming in but you're investing in yourself so that way you know what's to come y lo digo con toda la responsabilidad del mundo hay que no sé qué palabra utilizarás pero hay que poner los huevos sobre la mesa el honor el espíritu el fuego sagrado eso que te mueve adentro 
para hacerte cargo del momento que te toca vivir para salir adelante. No queda otra, tenés que seguir adelante. Yo me aferré a eso. Agaché la cabeza como un, como un caballo, enfocado y siempre para adelante. So in that moment, and uh, he, he wants me to figure out what word I'm going to use for this. So you have to have the guts. Guts is probably the most politically correct way of doing that. Uh, you have to have the guts or the gumption. Gumption, right? That's a, that's another one we can use. Uh, the guts uh, to to basically say to yourself, like, this is a tough moment, but I'm going to put my head down and just work and know that I can keep moving forward. And that's what he he advises everybody to do in that moment. Put your head down. When you know it's tough, but just keep going forward. Just keep going forward. Y nada más. No, no, hay, no hay receta mágica. No hay eh, pasos a seguir. No hay historias que te cuenten. Te pueden dar opiniones, experiencias, te pueden recomendar. Te pueden decir muchas veces palabras y frases hechas como lo mejor está por venir, eh, todo pasa por algo, eh, esas frases que a mí no me gusta escucharlas porque muchas veces se dice de la boca para afuera, pero lo importante es cómo lo vivís vos desde adentro para there no destruirte. No, there is no magic recipe. There is no, there is no um, cookie cutter way of doing this. And people can give you advice, but ultimately you have to live it. And he, he doesn't like um, phrases that, that at times people don't live through. And then just it's easy to say them as the best is yet to come or everything happens for a reason. Um, it's ultimately all internally like obviously you can take those phrases, but internally, what are you doing to to motivate yourself at that point? Entonces, eh, entendiendo de cómo funcionan las cosas, analizando, viviendo y siendo muy consciente del cómo uno fue construyéndose a lo largo de su vida. Al final uno se encuentra con, con todas las herramientas para salir adelante. Entonces, eh, si muchos de los que están escuchando se encuentran en un momento donde no saben a dónde ir o cómo resolver o cómo hacerlo, quédense muy tranquilos porque quizás están demasiado tempranos en el proceso de darse cuenta. Sometimes you might not know what's happening or you might you might feel like there's 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 this level of uncertainty. But it might just be a little too early for you to know what kind of what the plan is. So just uh, just keep just keep going forward with it and just keep just keep, you know, put your head down and keep going. Darse cuenta de que la vida es muy bonita, de que la incertidumbre hay que aprender a abrazarla, a respetarla, a prestarle atención y a aprender de ella porque te enseña cosas que uno por frustración, bloqueos o malestar no es capaz de verlo. He said life is beautiful and ultimately you have to embrace at times uncertainty and, and grab hold of it and realize what you can learn from it because there's there's a lot that you can that you can find out about yourself through moments of uncertainty uh, or not knowing. Eh, yo lloré, me enojé. Eh, me peleé, eh, frustré todas las emociones de mierda que pueden llegar a ver y que pueden llegar a sentir. Le di el espacio para sentirlas. So he's cried. He's cried. He's been mad. He's been angry. 
He's gotten into fights. He's he's anything that all those crappy emotions that you can feel. He's felt them in the through those moments, but he's embraced them in that moment. Le di ese espacio porque al final es salud emocional y es algo que debe y no y existe porque somos seres humanos. And those are emotions that you have to you have to learn to live with and also ultimately go through those experiences as part of being a human being to have those those emotions and those experiences. La pregunta que me hacía es qué hago con todo eso y para qué viene a mi vida y qué me quiere enseñar todo esto de cara a este momento que me toca vivir en ese en ese momento. So in that moment you have to ask yourself like why are these emotions happening and it's because of this, these are this is what this is what's going to require me to for me to go through this so I can move on for the next part. Eh, al final si si la si la vida fuese solo una línea recta y no tenemos distintos caminos que tomar sería bastante aburrida. Entonces eh, hoy me toca vivirlo como la experiencia que es, como la historia que es y la verdad que me siento muy orgulloso de haberla vivido como tal. Life can be pretty boring if it was just in a straight line. Uh, so sometimes you gotta you gotta have those squiggle moments. Uh, but ultimately, he's looking back. He's he's enjoyed it and and he's he loves talking about it and he he's he's learned a lot from it. Lo que queda de ahora en adelante es continuar con mi mi frase célebre que es enjoy the life y feel the moment, no. Solamente esas dos palabras que, que me caracterizan y que me, me hacen siempre amando y respetando eh, a mi persona y a la persona que tengo enfrente. There you go. He just said it. He has his two phrases. Enjoy life and enjoy the moment. There you go. So those are the two phrases that he uses and that that's what keeps him going. Makes sense. Um, la verdad que... Eh, es, es un placer no solamente escucharte, pero aprender. Eh, en este podcast, por lo general, hablamos no solamente las... A veces hablamos de las partes técnicas del fútbol, pero muchas veces hablamos de las historias y de, de lo importante que es lo que pasa fuera de la cancha o, o de los sentimientos o de que, eh, especialmente con los entrenadores o con jugadores, los momentos difíciles de la cabeza son los que son los que a veces los más son los más importantes eh, o sea que la verdad que muchas gracias por por contar tu historia muchas gracias por por haber estado hoy y, y yo creo que a futuro eh, lo que me gustaría hacer es que vuelvas para hablar más de las partes técnicas a veces eh, de, de la parte de los arqueros de los porteros pues me, me encantaría eh, pero pero agradecerte por por haber contado tu historia y yo creo que a mucha gente le, le, le va a servir y, y, es, y es la parte linda del fútbol, es la parte que a veces no se habla mucho porque uno, uno a veces ve el partido, ve el resultado, pero uh -huh. te olvida de la gente que está atrás eh, y, esa, y esa es la parte que, que es muy importante. Um, so, what told, so what I told them is that um, thank you for, for sharing a story. Uh, thank you for, for giving us all that insight. I learned a lot personally. Um, but in, in, in doing, you and I've talked about this before. The reason why we'd like doing this podcast is not because of the technical moments of the game or the technical aspects of it, but about the story, about what's, what's outside of the field, what's outside of, of the, the score that people watch on TV about the, the, the people behind those things, right? Yeah. Everyone looks at and watches the game and we're going to talk about soccer in a little bit and scores and things like that, but 
what happens behind the scenes, what happens with the people that get the players there, what happens to the players emotionally. Sometimes those those hard moments are even more important than the result itself. So, and I have asked him to come back at some point to talk about some of the technical components of the goalkeeper coaching that he does as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's important. You never know who needs that message, right? Like who, who had a tough week in coaching and who just needed to hear that message to say, hey, look, man, you know, it's not all that bad. Just, you know, keep working forward. And maybe that's the plan is to just do something different. Eh, nunca se sabe quién, quién necesita ese mensaje. Y además, creo que es importantísimo. Uno puede saber un montón, ¿eh? Puede saber un montón de técnica, táctica, cómo transmitir el mensaje, pero si uno no, no, está, a, a, no está demasiado acomodado a nivel emocional, es imposible que el mensaje llegue de la manera que uno quiere transmitir. Por eso necesitas estar siempre estable. You can know all the technical things, all the tactical things, but if you're not, you're not in the right headspace to, to want to learn, to want to be there, it, those things go hand in hand. You need both things to, to be able to move forward. Eh, Andrés, un placer, un gusto eh, haber tenido, haberte tenido hoy en el podcast. Uh, it was a pleasure. Thank Dale. you so much for coming on. Muchísimas gracias a todos eh, y estoy al servicio de ustedes para cuando decidamos hacer otro podcast. Les mando un abrazo de penal atajado a todos. A big uh, goalkeeping save hug right there. There you go. Hasta luego. All right, Duane, we're back. Um, under 20 World Cup. Or not on the 20 World Cup. Well, on the 20 World Cup, the U.S. is in. U.S. is in. And they're in the Olympics. No, they're not. They, qualif they qualified for the Olympics in Paris, didn't they? Nope. They got to win today to qualify for the Olympics. Uh, got to win today to get, the, to get to uh, the... They're one step closer. <laughs> uh, you got to win today to get to the Olympics. Um, so you're in the final four, I believe, uh, the top two. Make it, you got to make it to the final. So you got you to be Honduras today. Well, that's the goal, be Honduras. So Paxton Erickson, Aronson with two goals against Costa Rica. Um, kind of an interesting news, though, that happened with, uh, with, <clears throat> with the under-20 men's national team. And it was announced last night um, that uh, Cade Cowell, Three-match suspension. Three-match suspension. <clears throat> so apparently there was some alterations. That, there's, some, there's some things that happened after the game against Costa Rica where nine players from Costa Rica got into it with other players. But whatever Cade Caldwell did, uh, it was bad enough because he was the only player that was suspended. So three-match suspension. And your trip a little early, doesn't it? For, your, for the 18-year-old. Uh, that plays for San Jose. Probably so, made an 18 year old decision. Probably did. I, I would say, I would say he did. And he had scored some goals already uh, in the tournament, but yeah. Um, but just, you know, you live and you learn big news also from not big news, but, but kind of a shocking, shocking result. Uh, Mexico out of the under 20 world cup, not making it to under 20 world cup. They lost to Guatemala <clears throat> in PKs. In a PK shootout that ended uh, two to one. Two to one. PK shootout ended two to one. Um, the, yeah, uh, Guatemala scored the first two. Mexico missed three in a row. 
then Guatemala missed the next two. Um, Mexico scored one, and then they needed one to kind of stay alive, and then they missed. So Mexico's, you know, out of four, sorry, out of five, five PKs, they they scored one. Tragic. Yeah. So, um, but happens. All right. Um, next thing, uh, FIFA made an announcement. Did you see this announcement that they made last night? Uh, about the ball that they're going to use to help officials with the offsides call. Yep. So FIFA announced that the new ball that uh ha- that hasn't technically been officially announced yet. I don't think the World Cup ball has been announced yet. I uh, think it has. Maybe it has. But anyway, so um the new ball that they're going to be using that Adidas is providing for the World Cup will have a sensor in it that will send um 500 signals a second, um which is way more than 50 frames per second, which uh, which normally television cameras record at. Uh, so it's going to fight and they're going to have nine different cameras within each stadium. That's going to track the ball and 29 different points of a player. So that way it can assist with offsides. Is offsides that big of a deal. I think it's more about the, the quickness of, of the, of the result of knowing when the offs like, getting that answer back as quickly as possible, especially with some of the offsides and you've seen them in the premier league, how like very fine detail they are, but it's also about the angle, right? And the, when did the ball get struck? This will give precise, a precise moment of when the ball was struck because the, the, the sensor that's inside the ball will measure the moment of when the ball was hit. So that'll send it back to VAR, and then they'll be able to tell exactly that. Rather to be a scientist to me in the VAR, but <laughs> to have a PhD to be up there, man. Yeah, Doctor Var. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about is uh, so right now, basically, every sort of like postseason youth youth. Uh, tournament is happening like all in the same week which i think it realistically is a huge mistake um you it doesn't make any sense um to have every single tournament at the same time It, it just doesn't like i don't i i don't get it i really don't uh so mls next is happening in dallas um the playoffs there for the for the MLS next, which is boys. Um, then you have uh, ECNL playoffs in San Diego, girls academy playoffs or showcase in San Diego as well, and then girls ECNLs in Seattle, all happening within the same week. And you also have USYS regionals happening throughout the country. A lot of a lot of soccer being played. How does that give? more opportunities for college coaches to to get out to all these different places when you're spread out all these things. Now you got to ha- have them pick and choose. Yeah, that's why they pay them the big dollars to uh, make a decision. Where, big, where do you want to go? The big dollars? The little dollars. I was going to say, right? Like most coaches, it's not the big dollars and you have limited travel budgets and all these other things. And now you have to decide where you're going. And you know, unless, unless you're... Unless you're in Texas already as a college coach, or you're in San Diego, or you're in Seattle, like 
I don't know. It just seems kind of productive, yeah. the idea of showcasing players. It separates the top coaches from the bottom coaches. Where are you going? Where are you going? What are you yeah, going to do? Because if you're going to put all your if you're going to put all your eggs in one basket and you miss, you should have went somewhere else, right? Yeah, I don't know, man. I I don't think it's I don't think I think it's kind of productive. As a college it. coach, which which event are you going to go to? Yeah, but um, I do want to give a big shout out to to FC Delco. Um, they were the only U17 um, non MLS club to make it to the quarterfinals of the um, to the quarterfinals of the uh, MLS next playoffs. So now the semifinals, at least in the U17, it's LAFC against Philadelphia Union and then Orlando City against Columbus Crew. So, but all right, uh, doing player of the match. Player of the match is going to go to Zach Steffen. Uh, good decision by Mr. Steffen to uh, go on loan to Middlesbrough. Oh, is that where he's going? Is he, is he moving? Moving to Middlesbrough on loan to get time for, to get that, you know, that starting time. Second division championship. Oh, uh, yeah. They're, you know, they're tweeners. Yeah. They're up one year, down one year. But good decision to go there to um, get some time before the uh, World Cup because that's, Again, that's what uh, not Jim Kirk and Greg Berhalter's kind of said is you need to be playing. You need to be playing in order to get a spot. Matt Turner just secured a move to Arsenal. I, I, I don't think anybody really knows what his status is, is going to be. Um, Sean Johnson, obviously playing for NYCFC, getting time every game. So that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, Ethan Orvath, too. I think he's in competition at his new club. So. Yep. It's it's about who's going to establish themselves as number one to be the goalkeeper, and I think this is a power move for Zach Steffen. You know, you go down a league, but hey, you're getting minutes every single game, getting good saves point. every single game. Yeah, good point. All right, my my player of the match goes to Carson Pickett. Uh, Carson Pickett became the first um, U.S. Uh, first player with a limb difference to be featured on a U.S. national team. So uh, Carson currently plays for the North Carolina Courage. Um, she played college soccer at FSU at Florida State. Uh, was a national champion, champion with, in 2014 with Florida State. Um, and yeah, so she's uh, so she she got the full 90 against Columbia uh, as the uh, left back. Um, so Really, really good stuff for her. Uh, also, something really cool about Carson Pickett is that um, she has already worked with Nike uh, to develop. So they've already developed this. It's called the Phantom GT Academy Fly East. Uh, and they are uh, soccer cleats that have a fold down heel and have a strap that go over the laces. So now it's a lot easier to put those cleats on. Makes sense. You have a limb difference. Yeah. So good job, Carson Pickett. Well done. Um, all right. On this day in soccer history, um, we did this last week, and I, but I felt like th- when I, when I read this, I was like, Oh, this is great. Uh, uh, would you, would you know who probably outside of the top one 
um, who the who in who would be in the top five? Two players that would be in the top five best players in the Netherlands that come from the Netherlands that have come from the Netherlands. You said two. I mean, yeah, two the two top player, two of the top players that have come from. Obviously, number one being Cruyff. Yeah, Cruyff, good. And then, so who's who's in that mix for you? Uh, Rude Van, Mister Roy, Robert okay. Van Persie. Um. Uh. Shoot. Um. Oh my gosh. Um. Think Barcelona. I am. Um. Like current? Huh? Currently in Barcelona? Not currently in Barcelona. Oh. Barcelona. So uh, you're yeah. all right. Well, you're correct with Ruth Van Nistelrooy. Yeah. The other one, Patrick Clevert. Yeah, Kluivert, K-L-U-I-V-E-R-T. Yep. I, I it was on the tip of my tongue. I couldn't remember if he was Dutch or French. Yeah, he was Dutch. So both born on July 1st, 1976, 50 miles apart from each other. Interesting. That interesting thing? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. July 1st, 1976, both born. And both become the two of the most well-known players to to come from the Netherlands. What? How many people try to have kids on July first now? <laughs> on July first, yeah. like having been born on July first. Yeah, try to have your kid, like have your kid pop out on July first. I, I guess at that uh, hospital. <laughs> at that hospital, um, yeah, maybe. Uh, Clivert's son uh, still plays. Uh, played at Roma. Now plays. Maybe in France. Maybe in France. I, I don't know. Market analytics department needs to get on that. All right. Uh, I'm moving on to the player play of the week, and I'm going back to the Netherlands with Frankie de Jong. De Jong. Um, Frankie did something really cool today. Uh, do you know what Frankie did really today? No. What did Frankie do? Uh, Frankie got engaged. So Frankie de Jong is waiting to potentially maybe make a Manchester United move, but he's on vacation in the United States and he is in the desert somewhere. Um, and he proposed to his longtime girlfriend um, of eight years and he got engaged. So good for him. Good for both of them. They've been together since they were like 17 years old. 16, 17 years old. So good for them. So congratulations, Frankie. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> feel feel free to to at the soccer podcast on Instagram. Feel free to send us that invite to the wedding. We'd be more than happy to uh to to come over there and uh, depending on where you have it. Where do you think you would have it? Netherlands? What the wedding? Yeah, no, Spain. Spain. You think it's Spain? Yeah. Mallorca. What if he what if he goes to what if he goes to Manchester United? It's going to rain if you get married. In- <laughs> so right, hypothetical question for whatever reason, Frankie de Jong sends us a, ma- a Facebook messages. He, he slips into our DMS uh, uh, as the kids say, and asked us, ask us to go to his wedding, be the official podcast of the wedding. And we just get the invite. We got to get ourselves there. No, he's putting the bill. Oh, he's putting the bill too. We got Venmo request him. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say he does it. He's like, listen, man, I'm I'm low on cash right now. 
I'm going to say, man, I don't know how you're low on cash. You're selling jerseys. We'll be out there in the corner selling jerseys. Send me, send me two signed jerseys, and I'll get there. <laughs> there you go. All right, perfect. All right, cool. I just wanted to make sure that you were in if we, just in case that opportunity ever came about, we would be in. I mean, he's got to pay for it. But All, yeah, right. I'll be there. All right. If he doesn't pay I'll, for I'll still it. I'll still bring him a gift. But like you gotta pay for me to get there. We got we got I can we get him a D soccer podcast sticker? I'll get him a nice gift. You get him a nice gift. Yeah. All right. Get him a Ricky Pooch jersey. There you go. Sign. <laughs> Sign. Sign Ricky Pooch jersey. Oh, that would be great if we had a Ricky Pooch jersey. I would get um, him a signed, I'd get him a signed jersey with my last name on it and say it was Thierry's. <laughs> That's funny. Uh all right. Who's your favorite player of the week? Yeah, my favorite player of the week. This is crazy, right? Mario Balotelli. Oh, boy. Super Mario. Did you know? I found this out yesterday. Mario Balotelli is the only Italian to win the Premier League. Really? Crazy fact, right? Wow. I guess there aren't a lot of Italians that have played in the Premier League, really. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like... That's crazy, but then you think about it, they all you stay start, in. Yeah, they all stay in Italy or maybe go to Spain. But yeah, they don't. There's not a whole lot of Italians that go to. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because when's the last time Chelsea's won? I mean, they have Jorginho. Uh, Ger- yeah, it, there's not a lot. So Mario Balotelli, the only Italian Premier League winner. Wow, good for Mario. The only other Italian I could think of that like played in the Premier League was like Giuseppe Rossi. We played yeah. for Manchester United. Yeah. Even though he's from Jersey. <laughs> he's from Jersey. Um, he is. I mean, I know, I know. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's some, that's crazy. Well, Dwayne, what a what a cool way to to start our second year. Right? What a really what a cool way to start our second year. Yeah, in Spanish. In Spanish and Espanol. Um, all right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.